0: You've now entered the lap of luxury. Prepare your soul for a lavish journey into
1: enlightenment. Here we are. We're back at it. Talking about... (laughs) (laughs) It's troubles, huh?
0: Yeah. You know, um, I think we're all in the midst of finding ourselves uh, in this wild, crazy journey. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think, I don't know, I think it's just, a lot of it is, like we talked about before, like, the Air Force, or I mean, really, maybe even big organizations or military in general, I think it's lost its way a little bit uh-huh. in, in the sense of like, you know, we're supposed to be killing people and breaking things, right? And then yeah. design all of this queep. Or like you know non-operational based stuff like OPRs and all this type of stuff, and now we've become too big, or you know essentially for our own good, uh-huh. and can't focus on the important things, right? Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess like some things I wanted to discuss are like how do how do we how do we work it where um. You know, you want people to rise up to the top, right? It's almost like I almost think of it like analogous like politics. It's like mm-hmm. you want people to get up to the top that wanna like help people and obviously do well. But the people that you usually send to the top are people who have done perfectly, right? Hmm. So they have no context of how it is to be someone who messes up or like you know, they have like no uh what's it called? Um uh maybe empathy would be the best word you know yeah maybe like they can't put themselves in those shoes of like somebody let's say who gets a dui or something else you know it's if they get a dui they're done for you know like the one mistake Mm -hmm. air force is the big thing that really annoys me because i mean obviously like you know the chief of staff can't look at everybody in the air force and give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Obviously, there's not enough time in the day for right, that. Right, right. But, I mean, that's that's truly how it should be, right? But we've created these OPRs that – or, you know, whatever it is, like an MFR or something that basically just says on writing what it is, like a snapshot of a person. But they have no way to fight it, right? So – Are saying, like, no contextual background
0: to the words yeah. on the page? Or yeah. – okay.
1: Yeah, so they have no way to say, like – you know, like – you know, they – if they get in their mind, like if the wing commander or somebody gets in their mind, like, "Hey, this person's a shithead," there's no changing that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like they never, they never like interview you or anything like that. So you never
0: like, stood a chance. And whoever, whoever has the ear of whoever is in power or making the decision is going to be the influencer, not the person who is being judged or evaluated. They're not going to have a chance to give an honest. Uh, eva- like they're not going to have a chance to give somebody the ability to evaluate them, it's them doing it and then somebody else passing information along, so there's no evaluation taking place at all, almost.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, <clears throat> I mean, they're the judge, jury, and executioner, essentially, right? Yeah, right. So, it especially is troubling when you know, and I don't know how to skin this cat exactly, but it's like, you know, let's just say people want to get out of a certain airframe and go do something else. Mm -hmm. And then, so they're obviously, you know, not really feeling it. They're kind of on their way out maybe. And then they put in a package for something else and they get denied. And it's Mm -hmm. like, and you know, even regardless of if it's for a dumb reason to get denied or something, again, they don't get the context, but beyond that, it's like, if you deny someone trying to get out that ability, how much work do you think they're going to be doing for you?
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. I heard it put um the other day by somebody they brought this up to um, some some figure and they said, what, like what's the harm and if somebody is going to get out of the Air Force but they're willing to do another job that is in need, but you won't let them do that job even though they are in need like you're willing and able and have the credentials to do another job." But if you if you if they're not going to let you, you're just going to get out. So you're only further exacerbating the problem. So why not just go let
1: them do that other job? Yeah, exactly. Good word use, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like that's similar to the way I think about like when people leave the Air Force. It's like if you, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the same thing. It's like if like if I say like, hey, I'm going to leave the Air Force unless you let me become a maintenance officer or something, and they're like. Ah uh, no, we put too much money in you. You're kind of too far gone. It's like okay, bye. You know, yeah. and it's like so, so now you're they're lo- they're the actually race. losing that money. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the same way, right? <clears throat> um, yeah. So that's an interesting one. And then another one is like along those same lines is like the air, the way I think about it is like almost like the air force is hoping that to put it poetically, I suppose, if I may, you, the oh, air force is <laughs> the air force is hoping that you care more about serving than almost, like, your own, like, enjoyment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you almost care more about your country and stuff like that than, you know, your own, you know, you you dread through it. Or, like, you yeah. – uh, we had a former commander say, like, the Air Force only has three or four times before they – you know, you can choose the air force over your family before they choose their family and leave. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Let, me, let me get this straight. Like so, and I don't, I don't get the the
0: sense, the fact, or I don't get the feeling that you're saying that the country is not important. It's just the you're saying that the uh, the whatever branch you're in often overestimates. Your willingness to do what's best for you instead of doing what's best for them.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're they're basically banking on you. I mean, this is not necessarily how they're thinking. I'm sure, but it's like they're thinking you want to stay in the Air Force, or you are gonna be okay staying in the Air Force, even if they say no to you a bunch of times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're 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 okay forcing you to do stuff. Versus giving you what you want because they think you're going to stay maybe. You know, something along those lines. Like that's kind of like the pilot crisis is like we've gotten to this point where it's like, um, you know, they're they're essentially competing with the airlines, obviously, to keep pilots in. And obviously they have the contracts. So, you know, the Air Force does so. That helps them. But Mm -hmm. like beyond that, they're just like throwing money at the problem and that's not working. But they're not – I think they've identified the culture issues, you know, in terms of like – Hey, we gotta like give them. We gotta let them concentrate on flying and all this stuff, and like help them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're just not doing that legwork. You know, it, we're not yeah. seeing it yet, right? So it's yeah. almost like I mean, I'm sure some people's mentality is like, you know, they're they're staying, you know, or like we'll keep we'll just keep, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. We'll keep the status quo. That's what that's my biggest part. Where I think is yeah. the status quo. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think
0: they don't they don't have to for up to this point. Typically. They don't have to worry about it because they know people who eventually just either need to settle and keep a keep a job so they can support their family or um, they're just not willing or they really want to be a part of of an organization, not necessarily the organization, just an organization so they can usually cut their losses. But I think that's when it ends up you see all the time with people who are uh, and I think you're probably going to get to go into this a little bit later if you didn't already bring it up, but you see the people who are in a position or have these skill sets, the emotional intelligence uh, um, and the, I guess, willingness to be the type of leaders that we want get burnt out from trying and then just not getting what they needed at the right times. Like they may have gotten a bone at one point in time, so to speak, but they have been kind of not screwed over, but they've been continually just fed a line over and over again. And then you get people who are fast risers just willing to stop because they want to get over it, versus, and that way, what that ends up uh, creating is the people who really want to do, like who the people who want things but aren't really super motivated to do the things that the fast burners um were and got out they just kind of rise to the top because they're all that's left and they're just going to skate by until next thing you know they're the ones who are in the position of power you know and unfortunately or maybe fortunately i don't know it depends on your outlook for those guys it's definitely fortunate but for the rest of us peons you know (laughs) we, we just want somebody who can help us help them help everybody but when it's somebody who's at that point a lot of times and it's unfortunate that those guys are and gals are the people who rise to the top Um, it's just all because um, they were available, they basically fit the mold at that time Um, not necessarily because they were the best fit but because they were a fit
1: yeah and that obviously that actually lends into my next point of HPOs right like what is that high performance officer Um, yeah It's like these guys that have, you know, in some ways they probably deserve it, but other ways, like especially if you got somebody who, like you said, like they just fit the mold at the time and they're, you know, maybe the commander happens to like the, you know, it's almost like in field training or wherever else OTS where it's like your flight commander was really big on, I don't know, PT and you're the best at PT. But you, like, suck at everything else and you, like, step over people to get what you want type of thing. Yeah. It's like – and you might rise to the top and get DG and then out of that, you know, you get a pilot slot. You know, all this type of stuff. But so – and, and yeah. another, another big thing is, like, favoritism, It like, destroys everything, right? Because – and tell me what you think about this. Do you think we eventually see all the mistake, like – Do you think we're eventually going to always see all the mistakes as we get higher up into the Air Force and kind of, you know, pull the wool um, from our eyes, essentially? Or do you think, like, we're starting to – we're seeing problems as they're happening? You know what I mean? Like, Hmm. do you think these problems have always happened and we're just eventually going to get kind of uh, crusty in a sense? (laughs) Mm. Uh.
0: Uh, you know because there's something else i wanted to mention cause i think you, you, you brought something up um because i think you're kind of going talking about the hbo kind of like how they i think it was was it um war on the rocks or it might have been john key public might have released some article where it kind of got really everybody talking about hbo's and whether or not like how they went about that but i do think um i think it's a little bit of both um when it comes to that there's I think a little bit of being privy to the information, the higher you get up, um, it's kind of like you you hear about and then you finally learn about some of those quote-unquote secret code words in OPRs and EPRs that really tell you, tell everybody what kind of person you are. And then, like, so in that essence, you think about it, yeah, sure, you get the wool pulled over, you get the um, wool pulled over, or not the wool pulled over, but you get revealed, um what something's happening but i also think a lot of it is with experience you know you you start to see um small things that you just again you're just not privy to at that point um being a you know a mid being in mid-level management or mid-level leadership within your unit you know so it's i do think a little bit is exposure and i think you just kind of start to see through the bullshit you know
1: yeah absolutely and that's, that's interesting you brought that up because yeah, I had in, in like kind of my notes, like OPRs with like, you know, bullets have to be written like a certain way and like, uh, you know, you have to have these like good, good bullets or like, you know, like you said, like hot buzzwords or something. And especially yeah. depends on what the wing likes or something like that. Yeah. And then it's like, uh, we've talked about it before, but it's like, again, it's like the whole construct was supposed to be that your are you uh, supervisor would make it for you and then debrief you on it essentially or give you feedback yeah. but it's become like hey man make your bullets for me let me check it and then you'll be good you know it's yeah. like what the hell does that mean? you don't know what i'm doing and you don't know how i'm doing right so right. um which actually i, I should bring up skid um for one of his uh or one of his big things is that we really suck at feedback which i think is true right so mm-hmm. like when people suck we don't tell them that they suck we just talk to each other about how much they suck right yeah 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 and then also you know when people do good i think it almost gets to the point of i don't know how to say it it's like it almost gets out of hand in the sense like they're doing better than they actually are but they've been they have so much momentum that they almost can't do bad right you know yeah. like uh but i think just focusing on the um the portion of people that suck we we never tell them uh yeah. I always like as a flight commander I try to just be like hey guys if you want feedback let me know you know just see where you sit so I think, I think so one thing
0: with that I think that in itself no hit on you but no one will ever come to get their own feedback
1: yeah um, that's what I was gonna say
0: yeah I so I've had a recent bout of feedback you know is any training you do you usually get some kind of feedback <laughs> right And we kind of like, we did in this specific one, we did group feedback, right? And what was it
1: like, hot seat type of thing?
0: Kind of. So I like certain people, like within my group, wanted to do the hot seat. I personally did not want to, so I didn't do the hot seat. I did give hot seat feedback to the people who wanted it. Um, But then I just kind of went around the room and had people give me my feedback, and we talked about our feedback. In addition to, we had written feedback as well, right? So. I thought that it was like, you know, I know maybe it's just because I've grown up a little bit more, but I've valued, uh, I know to have valued feedback so much more than I did before because it's when you think about it, maybe, and this might be a selfish way of looking at it, but it's, this is really the first time you can get, as long as the other person is being honest and they're willing to be 100% with you, it's the first time that you've actually been able to get a peek into what somebody else is saying, Right. So or because when you talk like it's just me and you talking, you know, it's not a big deal. But you want to know, like I would personally want to know what you were saying to other people about me. And now you get a chance to now I get a chance to see from you what you like, dislike or think I can improve on. And I think that has to be kind of mandated. And it's really it kind of sucks at first, but or it sucks when you're in it and people are just telling you how bad you are at certain things. Right. But. It's things that you wouldn't you're not gonna ever get any other time so you can actually figure out what you specifically need to work on besides just you being your own worst critic or you pumping yourself up, gassing yourself up over, you know, some minuscule things. So feedback is crazy, right? It's 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 a un it's a hidden gem, you know?
1: Yeah, it's uh it's power is untapped. It's almost like I mean, obviously the most Maybe it's like SA. It's like the more you can get, the better. But at some point, it's maybe too much, I suppose. But maybe like yeah. quarterly should be good. But yeah, Skid made me realize like I think we should force feedback on people,
0: right? I think you, you kind of have to. And it, it, like you said, maybe quarterly, maybe semi-annually, maybe annually, however you want to do it. But um, it's I, – I definitely think – and I would like to do this more so whenever I – uh, whenever I take charge of whatever I'm going to take charge of, right? Uh, but I do think the key is the key with feedback is you have to be not only when you're receiving feedback, but giving feedback. You have it has to be almost a one-way conversation until you're done explaining yourself. Because when you get somebody who's just going to quibble with you the whole time, it doesn't work. They're not they're never going to hear you, or you're not, and you're not going to be heard, right? So. You have to go in with a willing mind and open mind to take whatever they're saying, even if you think that you're one hundred percent they're one hundred percent wrong. You have to take that because fact of matter is it's their reality and perception is reality.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so you have to be well prepared, and you should have you know good data points, and yeah, and it should all be tr- it should all be um, unfiltered, essentially, right? Yeah. So obviously, some people. That means like they'd be like cursing up a storm, you know, so you should just, just still do it like in a professional manner. But it's like I think, we, you know, we had one person mess up recently and, you know, it's tough because not, you know, obviously there's people older than me that I'm in charge of just, you know, by uh, how it falls essentially. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's hard for me just to go to that guy and be like, hey, dude. Come here. You suck. You know. <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's kind of, it, you know, it's kind of like it's going to be like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. This type of thing, but it's like, obviously, that's a whole another discussion in the sense of like, well, they should, um, you know, I should build that respect or whatever. But it should still be, I should still be able to, you know, I, I want to basically tell me sucks, but I don't want it to be like, hey, you just like suck. You know, it's like when they, you know, when they, it's like, hey, how do I do good on this flight? Just don't suck. You know.
0: Yeah, you have to, It like, has to be constructive. You have to give them something. You can't just say. Hey,
1: don't be as bad as you were yesterday. <laughs> yeah. It should be like, hey man, I know you like had an issue with this. This is why we do it. This is what we can work on better. But we're looking we're looking for you to do this because of this and you know, it looks bad on this type of thing. It's like and then another bit the big thing is I think the you're like you're hot I don't know how to say it. like like for us, you like your squadron commander should talk to you as well sometimes, you know. Or like he should give input to the flight commanders to give input to you because ultimately like he's, he's like, uh, you know, in proximity, he's like the, the most important perception that you have. Right. And yeah. it'd be bad if he thought, sh- he thought you were shitty and you're actually doing okay. Or, you know, like he doesn't understand essentially. Contact yeah. Again. And yeah. And that's why I think a lot of people have to be careful with great power comes great responsibility of like, you know if you have the commander's ear you have to be you have to know your shit right like you can't Mm -hmm. just you can't just like see him in the hallway or something or like he doesn't he didn't come to your party or something so you hate him you know it should be like actual stuff and you should get data from other people It shouldn't just be your own personal opinion
0: right yeah because whoever you're like your secretary boss or your sorry secretary exec whatever if you're in that position of power the person who you're is your direct um your your direct um my superior is going to take your ear because, or he's going to take whatever you say as gospel, pretty much as the, the thermometer of the unit or the thermometer of the, or temperature gauge, whatever you want to call it, of the organization.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, I guess that's all I had for that. But
0: Apologies, folks. Uh, we had a rogue cleaning lady decide to start vacuuming in the middle of the podcast, unbeknownst to her. So uh, we'll pick it back up with port.
1: Yeah, so continuing with this is like, I think, you know, maybe specifically, it's like climate surveys are pissing me off now, okay? <laughs> I've been doing climate surveys since the late 80s. you damn right. <laughs> because it's like like for the training I'm in now, you know they have like a feedback form, but it's like you like you fill it out and hand it off and then you know you'd leave. And it's like no, I'm not I'm not doing this shit anymore. Like I got I got to be honest when they send out stuff in emails like um you know the Air Force is requesting this for you to fill out a survey and it's like I'm not fucking doing that, dude. You know, yeah. sometimes they do good with the transparency. I think it's like the annual climate survey or whatever and then they brief it about it, but it's like, I mean, and again, this is like, it is one of those things where you don't have enough time to do it properly, I suppose, but it's like, you should take everybody's input and say like, Hey, it's okay. You said this, we're trying to do this, you know, to fix that, but this is coming up. You know what I mean? Like you never get that feedback. And also again, the stat, I think status quo is going to be a big part of this podcast. It's like, everybody wants to keep the status quo. Mm -hmm. They want to just do what they're doing, you know, and not improve things, you know, and they're like, yeah. everybody wants, you know, For it's just ease of comfort. Yeah. And it's like when people, you know, similarly to like when, or maybe analogously to when people say like, Hey, uh, um, that's just the way it is. You know, that's yeah. always, if that comes out of your mouth, that, that means you're fucked. You know, you're, or you're, if, you're, it's, if, you're it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And then also like, uh, another one is play the game. Right. Yeah it's like you should never have to play the game you should be in it should be like constructive stuff right and like Mm -hmm. for all training they said hey guys when you go through these flights you're gonna get you're gonna get frustrated you know you i can't you know it's like i i know you guys are gonna get frustrated it's like okay we need to change the pro you know like we need to make this a little bit better right so (laughs) that's just annoying so i think i'm gonna start like with this training i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, I've asked them, like, hey, I need to talk to you face to face. I'm not going to hand you a fucking piece of paper and leave because I know you guys are going to do nothing. I mean, regardless, you guys are probably going to do nothing, to be honest with you, you know? But at least I can get some feedback. You know, like, I can give this to you more directly instead of you just, like, shredding a piece of paper after you read it. Yeah. You know? And then on top of that, like, I've noticed people, like, if you give
0: them written feedback, they may interpret it completely different than what you meant just because of, you know, reading it wrong or reading it incorrectly or even just not your you maybe typed it uh, improperly or or incorrectly to be understood by somebody else so uh there's definitely um sorry i was gonna have a message um there's definite uh there's, there's definite miscommunication or things lost in communication or lost in translation sorry um between that. So I think you're right. I think getting the, um, one-on-one face-to-face information is going to be, you're going to transmit and receive that a lot more clearly.
1: And that's tough to do too, because you have to walk that fine line. Well, first of all, it's like, if somebody, you know, so obviously if you're in training, there's like, you know, instructors are like cadre members and you as the student or something. And it's always hard, you know, if you guys both make like the same argument, the cadre member will win because they're the more important person, right? It's like, it's always that thing in kind of in your mind, it's like, damn, okay. You know, even if you have like a good point to make, it's like, sometimes they just like overrule you. Like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, instructors can't quibble. It's only the students can quibble. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think that like, you know, back and forth has to, uh, you know, be present. And like you said, like, you have to be there to basically you know if you just write something down like um I don't know this training program needs more time for academics or something, they could be like, "Well, we gave you all the time we can you know, and then you're not mm-hmm. there to say like, well, you guys could have put it here, or, you know what I mean like you yeah. you, know, you don't basically get that um, second response, I suppose you know right but um so a big thing with this is like I think expectation management actually got brought up to me but That's I think huge, right? It's like we never we put people in training uh, situations and such, and it's almost like we like this sounds stupid, but we just blindly assume they know what they're doing, don't we? You know what I mean? Yes, I feel like we do. Like sure, we give people. I mean, sometimes you don't even get this, but you know, you should get like a syllabus of like your expectations and this kind of stuff. But like all those little details in between, almost like the gouge, that should be given by the instructors. And I know we're humans, so all the instructors can't be on the exact same page in terms of like techniques and all that type of stuff. But Mm -hmm. we need to try to get there. But also you have to give them like expectations. Like, you know, um, for us, you know, we're like teaching students. So it's like they they should tell us like, hey, your students are at this level. So make sure to tell them this and like teach them this and don't tell them that because they already know that, Mm -hmm. you know, but they don't give you that until afterward. Or like, You know, we did like um, we did a briefing where we only got like 10 minutes to uh, uh, practice it essentially or, you know, read the material. And it was like unfamiliar and it was just made to basically make us see what our like ticks are kind of. Yeah. But then, you know, I did it. I I was the first one to go. Just so happens. And then after they're like, well, make sure you do this. And, you know, you should read the notes and you should um, try to motivate them in the beginning. And you should ask questions. And it's like why don't you guys tell me that ahead of time so I could have attempted it at least, you know, and then yeah. try, you know, so it's like, that kind of stuff is like, I, I know it's easy to get fallen into that trap, especially if you're the qualified guy and you're like, well, of course they know that that's uh, common sense. Right. But you gotta, you gotta put yourself back in the shoes and like start at the baseline and give them, you know, set them up for success. Not just yeah. like, okay, they'll, they'll be good in the end. We'll pass them. But you yeah. know,
0: to that point though, I would also say, They purposely gave you the least amount of information as possible to further exacerbate once you use this. I think it's like the eighth time I use that word today (laughs) uh, to further exacerbate a lot of the um, stress that you you would have to giving a normal speech or whatever, just so it would exaggerate like your ums and pauses and weird hand motions and all that stuff, you know? So to that point, I can understand them doing it, but... When it comes to um, being everybody else, and it's, it's an ungraded event. If it if it was graded, then for sure I would uh, expect them to give you something like that. But and obviously, if you're the first person, you're you're gonna do most likely the worst. Somebody else is gonna go after you and like, oh, I'm cognizant uh, that Port did this before, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that.
1: Yeah, but then the other thing is like, how much did you really learn from that? Because it's almost like a situation of if you like let's say they just put a test in front of you and you know you like fail it's like well see there that's the importance of studying or something it's like anytime you do that that's going to happen right but like so i think that you'd learn a little bit of it maybe about your takes that you i don't know maybe i picked up like one that i didn't realize i had or something like that and Mm -hmm. so i'll be more cognizant in the future but I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze on that one. But yeah, I, I know what you mean in terms of like, OK, we get it out of the way and it's not great and all that type of stuff. But yeah, yeah. that um, might be one
0: of those like life lessons that it's like uh, I can't remember who said this quote, but I think it's 100 percent true. You know, life is the cruelest teacher. It gives you the test first and then the lesson after. Yeah, uh, it's
1: it's just one of those things. It sucks, but <laughs> Yeah, but that's – yeah, I don't know. I feel like we could have maybe changed that a little bit, but yeah, we'll get to that more in the uh, offline here. But um, yeah, so actually going back in a second here, like I I think it is important that we talk to the guys who did get burned out and even were on – I know you were touching on this before, but the guys who did get burned out and were on the track to do well. Yeah. Those, those are the guys that we really need to get in touch with and be like hey what like what was the tipping point essentially right yeah it's like at some point it just becomes i think too much of what you need to juggle and stuff mm-hmm. and especially the family life like i um talked about before with like uh one of our previous guys mentioned like hey you know the air force can you know basically you're gonna eventually you're gonna choose your family or hopefully but like And by the way, how many times do we see people lose, you know, their relationship gets hurt because of how much they're at work and Mm -hmm. deployments and all this, you know, TDYs. And by the way, I think a real solution to that um, is like a side note to a side note, but uh, is VTC, video teleconference. Mm -hmm. I think we could get rid of most stuff, like almost SOS, you know, like I think Mm -hmm. that I don't know. But I mean, I know you guys do some physical stuff, but vtc could be for all all the academics or something you know yeah um yeah so so i'm gonna change gears here a little bit yeah uh unless you got something else no i got nothing okay um what the hell does the eighth air force do what does the eighth Air Force do? What do what do numbered? What do you mean? Air, what are numbered? Oh, Air what's the Force numbered do? Air Forces do? Like what? What do you mean? What purpose do they serve that can't be done? So basically, what I'm talking about is like, you know, we have this. So we have a manning issue, right? And okay. it seems like we talked about before we have a lot of frivolous stuff. So here's an idea, and I know they're experimenting with this: is getting rid of groups, right? Okay. And then the only reason we have different squadrons within the same group, even, is because of deployment timelines. So really if we could figure out the logistics of teaching, you know, half the squadron one thing and half the squadron another thing, and then deploying only the people that are able to go on that deployment, <clears throat> then we could combine the two squadrons and you would need less manpower because you know, essentially two different squadrons are doubling up on the required people that they need because they're in two different squadrons, right? Okay. So I think it could be... Uh, I haven't, you know, totally figured this out yet, but I have this kind of idea of, like... <clears throat> I don't know exactly how the details work here, but imagine if you had two commanders, right? One was, you know, kind of the more senior commander. If they're both there, then he's, like, in charge or okay. she acts. And then you have two DOs, and so... And then everybody's in the squadron, so when you go to deploy, um, if you deploy for six months, you know, that this gets rid of the idea of, like, hey, uh, this guy's having a baby, so he's only going to go for three months, and then this guy's going to go in the second half because of this. You know, everybody could go for six months because you could just, you know, pick from whatever you wanted. And then the other guys, instead of going on that deployment, they can go on the next deployment, you know. And I think this would get rid of a lot of the manpower issues, you know. And then... I think the group is good in the sense that it filters things to the wing, but I mean, you could put as many levels as you want in between there and you would, you know, maybe improve it, but what Mm -hmm. is the juice worth the squeeze there? Right. So if you get rid of the group and just sprinkle them in, in other places, maybe, you know, up the wing so that they have more, um, manning and then maybe give a few back to the squadron for instructors or something. Then I think that could get rid of a lot of the frivolous stuff. And then, Again, like what do the numbered air forces do? I mean, I'm not smart on that, right? So, I'm not sure, but I feel like I don't know how much they're really giving to us. Yeah. And if they are, if they're not, you know, maybe this is just an antiquated theme that we we should get rid of, but if they're not doing anything for us, break them up and give them to someone else too, you know? Mm-hmm. Cuz I feel like between the 8th Air Force and Global Strike, I mean, I know 8th Air Force is like bombers, you know, which is, you know, good to concentrate on, I guess and then uh, Global Strike is obviously, you know, missiles and whatever else. But, like, maybe break up the 8th Air Force, give them back to the squadrons, or give them back to Global Strike. That way, you know, you have, you essentially are getting rid of a lot of these uh, billets. You know what I mean? I just think we're double-tapping a lot of things. I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
0: Uh, Well, that was a lot to digest. Um, To the point of splitting up, like, the squadrons, I think that would be a poor choice because if it was if we were like not or for if you're in a unit that is not a combat air force, it might work. So if you look at tankers, that's kinda how they do it. They just kinda pick and choose around whoever's got the the whoever's got the football for a specific deployment, right? And then they kinda pick and choose for through there. But when it comes to a fighting unit, I don't think it's wise to. Um, I don't think it's wise to mix and match. Well, so
1: so what I'm saying is, though, you combine them. Is that what you're getting? What do you mean combine? So, like, instead
0: of being like, say, if if there's if there's four squadrons, let's say you combine it all into one
1: squadron. Yeah, within the same base. So you know, let's say there's Squadron A and Squadron B under. Uh, group c right okay so you combine squadron a and b into one and get rid of group c but you you combine squadron a and b just because uh, as long as you can manage it in terms of because the only reason squadrons are separate is because of uh deployment timelines right oh so you're saying basically if you
0: you can still have multiple bases but Yes. it'll just be on it'll just be one unified squadron that's just a lot of i mean that's not a bad idea i see what you're
1: saying um it's not a bad idea i don't know i oh, am yeah. because i think it could so you know it's tough in the sense of like especially with us you know we're six months we deploy for six months so you know squadron b if squadron a deploys, squadron b is six months after them right But so, like, they're going to have a different focus at different times. But if you can kind of manage that, and obviously, if they're still going to go do that eventually, they might as well be focused on it, you know. But you focus on that, and you focus on, you know, you just say, like, okay, these 70 people are are coming with us on this deployment. We got to make sure their shit's together for this, you know, the uh, UDM file line next week, right? So you watch out for that. But if you you know other than that you know kind of uh attention to detail i suppose you would at least not need another training shop in the other squadron you wouldn't need another ogv in the other squad you know what i mean yeah like you would be able to combine those assets and and at the very least you would have double the manning so
0: yeah i so my one thing i would say against that is I, i actually i did it makes sense and it works with current operations and how we fight them where we're either it's either a counterinsurgency fight or it's a uh, or if it's just a deterrence mission deployment. Right. However, if you go into major combat operations where it's going to be if you have of those four squadrons previously, it's going to be three of them gone and one probably left to do like one specific mission set back home or have reserve of people it's not gonna i don't think it's gonna work because you're gonna end up taking everybody and having sure having everybody on the same page would be nice but it's not like you're not going to be able to pick and choose i don't think because it's going to take you might you might as well just leave everybody um because they're all going to have to fight at that point um, so in, in one sense, it does le- it lend, it does lend itself to your argument, but at the same time, if they're going to do a large fight, then what's the benefit to separating and why not just leave it the same, like leave them same, uh, leave them as they are now, I
1: guess. I don't know. Well, so because when, especially when you're not deployed, it doesn't make sense to have two squadrons, Right. I mean, other than the focus. So, but then when essentially I'm trying, I'm just trying to get rid of the almost nomenclature of having two different squadrons that are basically doing the same thing. The only thing that divides them is their deployment timeline. You know what okay. I mean? So I think we could get, um, we could, we could help our manning issues by combining the two because. They're essentially doing the same thing just in two different squadrons. Looking at does, two it, different...
0: does that help our manning issue, though? Because there's still going to be a shortage because it's, it's just going to change the – instead of making it, oh, we're down, we're – like squadron one is operating at 80% of their, their ideal, and then squadron two is operating at 75%. When you put them together, you're still going to have the same manning, right?
1: Yeah, so you'd, st- you'd still have the same number of people, but the I think you'd get a little bit more synergistic effects in the sense that, especially if people are like Tdy or like on leave and that type of stuff, mm-hmm. you would you would not essentially double efforts in terms of like you know this guy you know um, this squadron is doing it this way and mm-hmm. this squadron is trying to learn how to do that or something like that you know and uh, You know, you'd have the same processes for both, so you wouldn't have to, you know, copy and paste the same ideas. I'm not. Yeah. I know I'm not explaining this too well, but it's like, I just think there's a lot of uh, waste in the way we do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just for the ease of saying, okay, it's time for Squadron A to go. Squadron A goes. Okay, it's time for Squadron B to go. Squadron B goes. You know? Yeah. I I think if we were able to say like, okay, within this squadron, half these people are going. Let's just, you know, okay, we're going to take them, and then the other half stays, and then the opposite, right? Mm. I just think there is, I don't know, I I would like to look into that more, you know, but then, certainly, um, if you have nothing else for for that, certainly, what do you think about getting rid of the group? The group? Well, I mean... If you if you
0: were going to go with your COA, then I could understand why you got rid of the group, but you're still going to need that entity that is going to consolidate or be in charge, I guess, of that. Because the whole idea of the group is to lump multiple squadrons within one and provide that admin over both squadrons. So you could... I don't know if you get rid of like, you could get rid of the idea of the group, but you still have to figure out some kind of support personnel that are going to provide those same things the group does. Maybe integrate them with the wing. If you're talking about Air Force, um, if you're talking about Army, you know uh, the Army is a whole different ball of wax when it comes to that stuff. Uh, it, I think there's just, I I the, I think the issue becomes you have it's almost as when it comes to leadership there it's going to be hard to manage that many people um and that's like the reason i say that what makes me think about that is because the army you know you have different companies the companies are kind of equivalent to our squadrons right even though they're, they're instead of being run by o5s or run by o3s so because they have so much more people like they're Problems are only expounded, right? I tried not to use exacerbate on that one. Didn't <laughs> work. <laughs> but uh, their problems are, you know, amplified because they have so many more people. So now you need somebody who, right? Uh, so you have the company. Then you're gonna ha- you need a brigade commander who's right above them to manage all the o threes, and then you got the different brigades, and you're gonna need a battalion to oversee those different brigades so basically to corral those 03s and 04s and then it kind of moves from there then you go up to division and so to that point I can see where you would need a uh, some kind of you, you need some kind of leadership component to the group but not necessarily the labeling of the group but then it becomes essentially just a squadron commander who gets increased right.
1: So, I don't know. Yeah, so, I just think, yeah, and I definitely think your way, too, in terms of, like, how could you manage all these people? But if you think about it, like, the group is really just a filter, right? Almost. Yeah. Like, the same things are going through, where, like, so, I mean, certainly the group commander, in terms of, you know, maybe flying operations, he, you know, he essentially can... uh assume all those things right but maybe just have somebody who's his equivalent right but in terms of the admin piece i don't think they offer much other than getting in the way almost right so Mm -hmm. it's almost like you know if you got to send a memo up to the wing it's got to go through the group and the group likes it a certain way or you know they make sure it looks good for the wing so they you know fix it a little bit and then send it up but if you know if you were just sending it to the wing, they'd be like, okay, fix that. Okay, done. And then send it back, you know? So it's almost like,
0: I feel like that's um, not fixing the heart of the issue. And I think you brought this up earlier as far as when it comes to that kind of stuff, that's a unnecessary admin piece that we add in. That is, we don't have to. So I think that it would be the, not, it, it almost be not necessarily the root cause, but just a contributing factor, the extra creep, that needs to go through an extra structure or foundation makes it more difficult. Not necessarily that it's the function of that structure that's making it difficult.
1: Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Is that, is that what you're saying is a reason to get rid of the group, right? Uh, no, not to get rid of the group, but it's, it, it'd
0: be like saying, get rid of the group because we have too much sleep and, it just adds more into the problem the problem is we don't have we have too much creep not that there's a group to look at the creep
1: yeah that's true but then i think i think group might add a little bit of creep in terms of like for OPRs i know like they like it a certain way and then the wing likes it a different way you know and that might be specific to us right but i think a lot of it it's like it's just adding an extra layer where there doesn't need to be where you know if we want to make it perfect then we'd add like five layers to it right so, it goes through five different people, and then they can all check it, but I think there's a lot of again, I think there's a lot of waste in the group you know okay. but yeah. i think I think there is something to be said about, especially for flying operations, like i said, like I don't know what the m s g commander does in you know in this respect, but you know as uh, as the group commander, the ops group commander, like he you know we we check with him when we go fly, and like he has to wave off on certain things, so maybe make him you know the I don't know, whatever you know, whatever you want to call it, and he's but he's attached to the wing. I don't mm-hmm. know, but I don't know, just a thought.
0: Yeah, but. no, it's, I think it's de- it's definitely be, even just the since there's contention in both between but between both our thoughts is something to be discussed for sure.
1: Yeah, and then so I don't, do you know what the Eighth Air Force does? I've been meaning to like ask someone this.
0: I, I as far as numbered air forces, man, I'm not like super smart with. How they, I guess their general role, because I think from my point of view, I've seen, I see more through the squadron group and wing. And then I know what their general, how they generally work, but I don't understand what's their importance. Um, I think it, I, not, not what's their importance, but
1: where are they fit in the big picture.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, it gives them an opportunity so you can say, okay, the this goes for any Air Force, not just the 8th Air Force. Uh, you look at, you know, 7th Air Force or the 9th Air Force, whatever. It's a group, it's a number Air Force that controls a certain aspect of a fighting unit. So, like you said, the Eighth Air Force is bombers. Seventh Air Force is going to be, uh, I think that's Korea. So it's going to consolidate all those. Wait, oh, Yeah, I think it's either Pacific or Korea. I can't remember. Uh, it's going to consolidate all of those assets in one theater or one type so they can be easily controlled. Like, hey, they can. So. Whoever is in charge, whoever is the combined forces commander um, or the joint force commander, sorry, they can say, hey, I need this effect taken care of. And then whoever is the, you know, the JFAC or the joint force air component commander can say, "Okay, which air force is going to be responsible for that uh, or best suited to provide that support? And you can say, eighth air force. All right, cool. This is the effect I'm looking at. And this is the effect that you can provide. Now you guys go forth and conquer, and then they can test it. The 8th can now test that out, or the 13th can now test that out to its supporting numbered Air Force. And then, same thing with the 7th or whatever, ninth Air Force, or whatever even numbered Air Force you're looking at.
1: Yeah, I guess that is helpful, but I don't know, maybe looking into. Cause I, I feel like I've never heard anything that's come out of there. You know what I mean? But maybe it's like you said, like maybe it's more for like a big scale kind of war type thing. I don't know. But yeah. Um, well, it's, so, it's just like
0: the, like if you think about how the AOC, like the the, uh, the six away, right? The, so the six eighth is a function of the numbered air, the numbered eighth air force. That's why it's the, the, the last number in the, you know, the AOC is what, Air Force that is in charge of, if you didn't know that or not, if you knew that or didn't know that, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Now that you know that the the, AO, the six AOC control uh, all of that, you can now say he's going to say, okay, everybody with under my command is going to use these forces, this specific forces to attack this, and that's how the numbered Air Force relates to somebody.
1: But I wonder if we need them there, or if they could just talk. I mean, I guess the, I guess it's because they're all in geographically separated areas, huh? Right.
0: And it's going to be able to you can you can now look at multiple aspects to fighting more because you're not going to just say it. You have to look at it at the strategic level beyond the tactical level of I just need you know one airframe to attack this one target because you're going to have it's going to when you start looking at prolonged engagements is you need somebody or something that's thinking big picture of how they're going to do force disposition.
1: Yeah. I just wonder, do we need that in like the interim? You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, I guess you always have to have it just in case you need it. Right.
0: Uh, I mean, I think it's definitely there for a reason, especially when you look at not even just setting up exercises, but figuring out who's available for what um, they're going to have to delegate that down. Like, So if you're going to do a SOCOM mission or if you're going to go do a um, UCOM mission, they need to say, have somebody big picture look and say, Hey, who, so one single point of contact essentially to say, Hey, who's best suited instead of just like putting a putting the feeler out there and then having squadron one, two or three or four, say, I need this, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, then they end up arguing, then you can't really, you don't have that unity of command of that specific
1: portion. Oh, uh, okay. I thought that was more like a global strike thing.
0: Well, it's 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 a little bit of both, though, because if global strike, so for instance, if global strike comes down, because that's who they're going to be talking to, is, hey, ex-Air Force, uh, like um, numbered Air Force 1, numbered Air Force 2, this is what I need um from you right now um they're gonna they can go okay cool and they can basically split out it's just it's it's the whole centralized command decentralized execution type piece somebody like everything is going to like for instance within the squadron right you have centralized command with the flight commander or sorry with the uh, squadron commander he's going to decentralize execute the mission by passing it out to his flight commanders who are going to now set the tone but above him you're going to have the wing commander who's the centralized commander or centralized um, command decentralized execution is going to be the squad commanders and support facilities. And then beyond him, it's going to be the numbered air force commander who's going to be the centralized control and then pass it out to the wings to be decentralized. And it continually branches off like that. Okay.
1: Yeah. I guess I got to look more into that. <clears throat> um, and then I just had a few small points here. So like, just things that I think are killing, you know, burning people out essentially is like uh, R&R caps after, you know, a, you know X month deployment mm-hmm. is like, you know, it's only like two weeks, even though like we've gone for six, especially with yeah. people with like families and stuff. I think that's BS, you know. Um, uh, I think just how we kind of deal with like um, – and shark actually brought this up too, it's like single versus married guys, you know how they like, you know, get kind of treated differently or like somebody mm-hmm. with a kid gets like more consideration than somebody without, you know, yeah. which is understandable, but at the same yeah. time like, we should, it all. can be difficult. Yeah. And then like uh a recent problem we had was like, you know, this, uh this syllabus, we're trying to get a new syllabus made, but it hasn't been, you know, signed in like seven years. And it's like, <laughs> what, you know, it's like, Let's yeah. just press – I mean, guys, it's time to, like, press forward with what we have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's let's just do it ourselves at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, but then Space was actually telling me when he went to SOS, like, an Army guy, I guess, um, I guess other people attend because, you, know, you know, it's, like, kind of like the Air Force. You know, it's kind of like the crosstalk or whatever. Like, Air Force guys goes to Army school or something like that. And mm-hmm. like they had an Army guy there, and he's like, guys, I don't know why you do it this way. Like, <clears throat> it's good that you kind of send a lot of people, but – you like he like as Space had a perfect example of like they, they were sending a guy who was getting out like two weeks after he left SOS. Uh-huh. So it's like you wasted whatever, like, I don't know, ten thousand dollars or something with like all the hotel and per diem and stuff like that on him. And he's like he's like, Hey guys, I'm getting out. Like, this is not gonna change my mind and they're like, Nah, we're gonna send you anyway, you know. I think there's yeah. a lot of Fraud, wasting, abuse—in that kind of respect of that, a lot of that stuff, right? I think that fall, I think that specific one
0: falls on not necessarily the Air Force, but that guy's unit. Yeah, um, <laughs> like because they can just—they can decide not to send it. They can give them, give it to some other captain somewhere in their um, group, wing, whatever.
1: But then I guess also like the importance of SOA. <clears throat> like the Air Force should look at that, like, and that's like similar to. I think we've talked about before, like, when they give, you know, bonuses to people, you know, they give bonuses to, like, everyone, and then some mm-hmm. people were going to stay in anyway. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm happy for them in that respect, but but it's, like, they're just I, – I feel like we throw money away sometimes, you know? It's, like, they always say you should be handling the Air Force's money like it's your own, but yeah. I don't think we really do that, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, last point I have here is, so, at what point – would you be willing to go to fix an issue? Like if you're not getting anything back from, let's say, leadership or the big air force, like, you know, like the black mold and the deed, right? Uh-huh. It's like, would you be comfortable spilling that to the news agency in order for it to like blow up big and then maybe somebody would do something, you know? Me personally,
0: i say no. Um, IG, maybe.
1: Probably. Yeah.
0: But news, I mean – imagine think about like this um we can talk more offline about this but imagine for instance something kind of egregious happens and then all of a sudden without any chance to fix it or you may not even be aware of it somebody just releases this report and then you get canned immediately and you had no way of correcting or um yeah, it's kinda of like the thing we were talking I mean. about
1: before. About yeah.
0: uh like no context to it, you know what I mean? Exactly. So if you like if somebody just goes and releases them like, wait, hold on, what? Like you need, like I didn't even know this was going on. And then someone's like, Well, that's probably the problem. Like, well, sorry, but I can't keep track of all this stuff. You know, like I think I think you gotta give somebody the um the chance to fix it, especially if it's if it is not being addressed, I don't, I personally don't feel like, I feel like a snitch, you know, personally. Um, you don't need to, you don't need to snitch on, like, about that to, especially a new, news agency, no. Um, yeah, I would not I feel comfortable about that.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean about snitching, but I mean, in terms of, like, you did give them the opportunity and stuff like that, and, like, nobody's essentially listening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I, you should, maybe you shouldn't take it to the news level, but it's like. What other assets do you have? You know, what, what, like, tools do you have to bring it up? I mean, I guess IG is a good point, but sometimes, I mean, I haven't had, I'll be honest, I haven't had much luck with them and with certain issues I've had. You know what I mean? And not in terms of like anything crazy, but just like, hey, I think we could do this better type of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a lot of frustration with that. Like, I mean, that, and that's, I mean, you're going to see that anyway, right? It's like, who's going to, you know the c e o it's tough for him to listen to what you know the lowest the guy who just got into the company two weeks ago i mean that that could mean that the guy who got in two weeks ago is right, right, but it's like you're like, all right, let's you know he's got to take it with a little grain of salt and maybe he just like won't listen to him right but yeah that, that's always a frustration of like, hey, I got this good idea, but nobody will listen- like you know your your voice is unheard right mhm right. So, or it's falling on deaf ears, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, that's all
0: I had. I think. Um, yeah, I got I got enough of this. one. my brain is, uh, I've been basically tough. yeah, I've been giving anything that comes in my mind. It's already gone. It's on paper somewhere <laughs> else. I don't know. What? Uh, how, how's it going
1: so far? Is it just it's good?
0: Cool? It's uh, i en- I'm actually really enjoying it. It's a great time. Personally, I think I think you'll enjoy it.
1: Are you enjoying the academics or the um, social? Both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, seems, it seems like it should be a good kind of escape. This yeah, has my, been a pretty good escape too, so. My,
0: like, there's been – this is much more of a discussion-based um, course than I ever thought it would be. It's um, – yeah, I've, the amount of actual class, like real class, like and there's no there's no Air Force-type test. You write papers. You re- do readings. Um, it's it's interesting. I was not expecting this at all. Uh, it's much more have like your, a college. Uh,
1: did you guys have your like your Frisbee game or whatever? Uh we
0: got like this dodgeball type game called Flex. It's kind of interesting. It's I thought it was lame at first. I was like, Man, this is kinda of stupid, but then you play and you're like, all right, all right, it's kinda of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not reblued by any stretch of the imagination, but <laughs> but uh there's a lot of fun things like it's they they add it's like dodgeball but added air power in so you have a j-sal you have surface-to-air missiles you have air-to-air yeah, missiles yeah, you that's have it's that's, that's it dumb in that aspect but man it's actually kind of fun generally a lot of the stuff
1: um yeah nice okay um yeah i think that wraps that up but okay. just uh I think there's always improvements to be made, and hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, we can, you know, keep it going and uh, get better. You know what I mean, and uh, shake off the um, status quo. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you soon then. Yep. All right. See ya. The yep. views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of any agency of the U.S. government.